Greetings and salutations, loyal viewers of this channel. My name is Sean, and today we have to go over the Ethan Lyman case because we have a verdict in the case, and a lot of people are outraged that there was no convictions on the homicide-related charges. We're going to get into this. We're going to break this down, but videos like this are made possible due to the sponsor, so let me toss it to the sponsor, then we'll come back over here, and we'll talk about it on the other side. The U.S. debt spike could lead to a long-term rally for gold. Since March of 2020, we've added $8 trillion to our debt. Combine that with the Federal Reserve interest rate hikes, and now our debt service payments surpass over a trillion dollars. And over that same period of time, gold is up 50%. Now we're starting to see oil-rich countries like Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and BRICS come together on deals to possibly toss the United States petrodollar, and this could wreak disaster not only for you, but for your portfolio. This is one of the reasons why I'm happy to be partnering with National Gold Group. You can contact them and talk about diversifying your portfolio in order to hedge against the potential crisis. You can call them at 866-826-2603, talk to an American-based customer service representative, and go over your options. Again, that's 866-826-2603, and mention Actual Justice Warriors so that they know that I sent you. There is always a risk whenever you're investing and past performance is not a guarantee of future results. So if you guys will remember, this case actually first came to prominence because of the location where this crime actually took place. It was in a parking lot or an adjacent parking lot to LeBron James' famous promise school that he set up with the Akron School Board in order to help disadvantaged children just like himself get an education. Now, we've actually done videos about how the school is a failure and how LeBron James and the CEO of his school ended up blaming everybody but themselves for this failure, but that is not the issue at hand, because originally, the issue people had with the Promise School and with LeBron James is that despite the fact that this case, this crime, actually took place in their parking lot, and the suspects were on the loose, they made no effort at all whatsoever in order to bring attention to this case in order to lead to the capture of the three individuals who were suspected of beating Ethan Liming to death. In fact, they went out of their way to talk about how the school was safe and how there was no problem at all whatsoever, and how you shouldn't worry about anything, but they didn't really mention liming, and they did not do anything to aid or assist the investigation from the jump, despite their connection, and despite the fact that LeBron James, when the victim is not white, seems to be willing to do so with his public platform. Obviously, this created a lot of outrage. Obviously, the fact that the three suspects were black and the victim in this instance was white also led to racial conversations about the differential in treatment when it comes to the media, and this is what first brought this case to prominence. However, I do want to point out that when you look at the facts and the factors of this case, it is very unlikely that race was a motivation because we have another motivation, and Ethan Liming was actually initially in a group of four people, two including himself were white, but two of his friends were in fact black, and at least one of those friends was the person who initiating the initial conflict with the individuals that actually led to Ethan Liming's death. Liming says Ethan's friends ran back to the car. The group of men initially ran away too. When they figured out that the car, they were not being shot by a real gun, decided to go and confront um, Ethan 
and uh, every, all of his friends who were in that car. Now, Ethan Lyman's father actually went to the press, and we covered this on this channel, and made the claim that his son was attacked by these three individuals when he was trying to de-escalate the altercation that was initially started by his two friends, but ultimately was escalated by the three perpetrators in this case. However, I do want to give the caveat that the father was not, in fact, there, and it's actually more interesting to discuss this case based on what the defense put forward, because even when you factor in and totally believe their account of events, the verdict as a not guilty on the involuntary manslaughter charges actually makes no sense. They should have been convicted even based on the defense story. So throughout the course of this video, I will be referring to their story after I get into the undisputed facts of this case. So first and foremost, Ethan and his group of friends, a group totaling four people, including himself, were driving around Akron, Ohio, firing what is known as a water bead gun at random people in order to have a good time. Had Ethan survived and I were the police in Akron, Ohio, I would have charged him with a criminal mischief for this. However, it's very important that you understand that there is both downplaying and upscaling of what they were using in order to have this good time, in order to do criminal mischief. So let's clear that up. So the downscaling reporting calls it a water gun. The upscaling reporting calls it a pellet gun. But in reality, it's actually a water bead gun. And to give you an idea of exactly what this thing does, I will play this clip for you so you can understand how it's a little worse than a water gun, but not as bad as a BB gun or pellet gun. We're going to go ahead and move all the way into full auto here and just unload into this target and see what happens. Yo, it might be 200 FPS. So the target is theoretically cleanable and reusable, but if you have any space behind it, it just obliterates its target. Now, obviously, you start firing this at random people, you're going to potentially generate some conflict. And this is what ultimately ended up happening when Ethan's friends decided to fire this water bee gun at a group of individuals that included our three suspects that were playing basketball in and around this LeBron James Promise School. So they fire at these individuals. Then they give chase to them because, again, even though they're creating criminal mischief and even though they're escalating a situation that will ultimately end up becoming violent they're a bunch of dumb kids so they're messing around so they thought they were having a good time at some point in time during the point where ethan's two friends were chasing these individuals they realized they were being hit with water beads so they decided out of anger that they were going to chase back these individuals towards the car that ethan liming was in at this point in time, Ethan Liming gets out of the vehicle, and according to the defense, who we're going to be talking about their point of view from this point on, Ethan Liming somehow picked up the water bead gun, which I guess was thrown in and around his direction, and fired the water bead gun at the group of three that were chasing his friends, striking one of them in the face. Now, the reason why this is absolutely crucial information is because they're going with the self-defense argument in order to cover their actions in this case. However, self-defense does not cover revenge. It does not cover retaliatory force, and it does not cover disproportionate force likely to result in death. One of Ethan's friends called 911. We're at uh, the I Promise School in Akron, Ohio. Okay. Our friend just got knocked out. According to court transcripts, one of the three, Donovan Jones, was kicking the car trying to get in. And when he does, starts punching the other friends trying to drag them from the car while one is on the phone with 911. 
How old is he? And the reason I need to make this 100% clear is that the forensics show us that that's exactly what these three individuals did to Ethan Liming, and that ultimately ended up resulting in his death. When police arrived, blood was coming from Liming's nose, mouth, and ears. One of his eyes was blackened, and someone stomped on him hard enough to leave a shoe imprint on the right side of his chest wall, according to a preliminary Summit County Medical Examiner report. Now, the reason this is absolutely crucial information, and it should have secured a conviction against these perpetrators, is because their own police interviews and their own testimony at trial tells us that they were fully aware that when Ethan Liming was on the ground, that he was knocked out. Let me play from the trial testimony from the man himself, him saying this fact. Prosecutors showed video of an interview with the Sean Stafford where he appears to admit to throwing the punch that knocked Ethan out. So there's the Sean Stafford in the police interview appearing to admit that he's the one who threw the punch that knocked Ethan out. By the way, Ethan was knocked out, his head hit the concrete, and then that injury ultimately led to his death but they continued to assault him and when he was on the ground already unconscious he was stomped again so hard that his right chest wall had a shoe imprint from one of these criminals but his testimony at trial is even more crucial because he affirms what he stated in this police interview and his facial expression is quite telling to his state of mind i heard it and seen it like you heard the punch that knocked him out you actually heard the punch? Yes. He's smiling on the stand when he's talking about the punch that knocked Ethan Liming out. That ultimately ended up resulting in his death. That, by the way, they then proved beyond any shadow of a doubt. They continued to assault him after the fact, after he was knocked out. And that, of course, could have been a contributing factor to Ethan Liming's death. So the fact of the matter is... This is well beyond any reasonable self-defense. When the person's unconscious, you already have a three-to-one advantage, and you continually attack that person, you're stomping him out. This is a crime. This is the most obvious crime of all time. This is an assault that ultimately led to somebody's death. And Ohio has a statute specifically meant to address scenarios like this. However, when the verdicts came in... They were quite shocking based on admissions like this and the forensic evidence as presented at trial. Count one, which is involuntary manslaughter based upon aggravated assault. That is um, as to defendant Deshaun Stafford. This is the count upon which there has not been a verdict. As to count one, the jury has considered this count for a considerable length of time and reported to the court that it is unable to reach a verdict. So this is Deshaun Stafford, the guy that you heard at trial laughing about the punch that you could hear. It was so loud that ultimately led to the death of Ethan Liming, one of the participants in this assault possibly the main participant who delivered the killing blow, and as you just heard, the jury refused to reach a decision on whether or not he was guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Now, this is better than an acquittal. They could recharge him and re-pursue this case, but considering that there are assault convictions for all three defendants in this case, it seems weird that the death resulting from that assault 
was not convictable according to the same jury, who clearly and obviously did not buy into the self-defense arguments. We, the jury being duly impaneled and sworn, do find the defendant, Deshaun Stafford, guilty of the offense of aggravated assault. So as you can see, the first charge, the involuntary manslaughter that resulted from the assault, did not result in a conviction. It didn't result in an acquittal because the jury was deadlocked. But the second charge right there, the aggravated assault, they did convict on. Again, it just doesn't make sense that they would do one and not the other when, according to the forensic evidence, this person killed him while committing an aggravated assault and we have an involuntary manslaughter charge as a result of an aggravated assault. Just a total mess by the jury right here. But if you wanted stricter penalties for other people, I got news for you. They're going to get off even easier. As to count three, which is involuntary manslaughter for the defendant, Deshaun Stafford, we, the jury being duly impaneled and sworn, do find the defendant, Deshaun Stafford, not guilty of the offense of involuntary manslaughter as a proximate result of committing or attempting to commit assault. So again, this is really odd because it appears that the involuntary manslaughter as a result of the aggravated assault, the jury was deadlocked on, but as a result of a simple assault, which is a lesser included offense, they decided to go with a straight up not guilty. Now we move on to the brother, the other attacker in this instance, and the verdicts came down as follows. As to count three, involuntary manslaughter, based upon assault as to Tyler Stafford. We, the jury, being duly impaneled and sworn, do find the defendant Tyler Stafford not guilty of the offense of involuntary manslaughter as a proximate result of committing or attempting to commit assault. It is signed September the 22nd and um, it's dated September the 22nd and signed by 12 members of the jury. As to count four, uh, this as to defendant Deshaun Stafford, we, the jury being duly impaneled and sworn, do find the defendant Deshaun Stafford guilty of the offense of assault. It is dated September the 22nd and signed by 12 members of the jury. And then count four, as to Tyler Stafford, we, the jury du being duly impaneled and sworn, do find the defendant Tyler Stafford guilty of the offense of assault. So as you can see, there are some assault convictions. The other brother, Tyler Stafford, got lesser assault convictions. They did attach a lower level assault to Deshaun Safford, but he also got the higher level of assault, but there are no convictions at all whatsoever in connection with the homicide, despite the fact that you have this guy laughing on the sand about the homicide. So, this is quite a depressing outcome for the Liming family. A lot of people are trying to make a racial component to this, and while there is a racial component to the fact that the LeBron James Promise School and LeBron James himself wanted nothing to do with this case, there isn't a racial component to the actual case itself. We have another motivation, and we have to look at actual evidence, and Liming was with two black people when they were shooting people with the water bead guns. So we don't really count that as a racial motivation, but who knows what was going on in the minds of the jury when faced with these two younger black men who obviously committed this crime. Now, I will always give the caveat whenever we go to a jury trial that I was not in the jury room. I could only look at the evidence from an outsider's perspective, and we have no idea what resulted in the deadlock on that involuntary manslaughter 
for the person who admitted to giving the killing blow and who was laughing about giving the killing blow on the stand as he was testifying in his own defense. For all we know, this was an 11 to 1 jury split or something like that, where somebody just refused to convict based on whatever reason in the jury room and overall the chances are they would actually lead to a conviction in the future if they were to retry this individual again. But it is quite sad that you have three perpetrators in a violent attack that went well beyond a self-defense case, and you can't even get one of these low-level homicides to result in a conviction, considering that they did convict based on the assaults, so undoubtedly the jury was not buying in, at least to a certain extent, to the self-defense arguments as presented by the defense. But I actually want to know what you guys think about this case down in the comments below. I wanted to make sure to give you guys the most amount of factual information going forward i wanted to give you guys the defense's argument as presented as trial as argued by the defense attorney so you guys can get their perspective and thus make your decisions based on that but again the floor is open to you guys so let me know what you think about this case as usual if you like this video you can show them by leaving a like you can subscribe for more content you can follow me on all my social medias you can support me via the support links in the description of this video this has been me talking about the ethan Lyman case till next time